What it is, everybody! Welcome to episode 146 of Fish and Connoisseur Movie. My name's David Pether. You can call me Fish. With me, as always, my favorite sack of shit. Konami Gaddafi. He's got a big old stiffy. He's gonna put it in your mat. Uh. How's it going? It's me, Konami Gaddafi. Konami Stiffy. I'm 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 here to no. Don't be gross, dude. <laughs> It's not my name. We're back with another review. This time, we're going to be talking about Steven Spielberg's new film, Ready Player One. How exciting. How exciting is that? This film's like... It, it's like a little meme. It's a little meme, this film, because of how popular it, all the references are. The popular references of the pop well, culture. Well, it's just like... That's, that was the whole selling point, I think, for, for everyone, was come watch a film where you'll know things. <laughs> like, it is. like it you'll is. you'll go and know stuff about the movie, so you should come see it. And I was like, sure. I mean, you've got me. I love knowing stuff. I like to I know stuff too, and there, it it definitely is a goldmine of pop culture references. Um, it goes all the way back to the novel, which I have read, and I'm really keen to talk about it. But there's a lot of other things that we need to talk about before we get to that review. Mm. And one of mm. the big, big things we really should have done a fucking uh, podcast on it itself. We need to talk about Black Panther. Yeah, dude. What the fuck was that garbage? (laughs) (laughs) What on earth was that? That was something special, wasn't it? Because it was like, it was just raved about. Everybody was just frothing over this movie. And then you see it. And you're just (laughs) so disappointed with what is offered. Aren't you? (laughs) Well, look, I, I want to go out and saying that I didn't hate the film. I didn't mind it. If anything, it was like on the the average rung of Marvel films. It was not in Thor Ragnarok. It wasn't in the Guardians of the Galaxy or Iron Man status. It was kind of down there, probably just under the Ant-Mans and maybe even like the last Spider-Man. You know, like it, it was an average superhero movie. And I think it was only the fact that it had so much hype behind it that it even made any kind of a splash. Yeah, they the the selling point was the whole all-black cast thing. And I mean, like, you got to give them props that, like, now... Because a lot of... I've been looking up a lot of stuff, and, you know, one of the big things this is so important is because finally the African-American community have a a superhero in the biggest franchise in the world that they can vouch for. Hmm. Um, And that's really cool. I think socially this film is really important, but as a film, it would have been nicer if the black community got a film that wasn't horseshit. Um, and I think that's I think that's what's annoying me the most is like everybody's getting behind it, which is great. Like there is, it is good that we do have this film and this character and this cast because it is it is a fantastic cast. Um, the director is fantastic. I, I I really liked Creed. I think he's got big things ahead of him, and there is a lot of issues that are brought up in this film. And to be honest, I I didn't. It didn't really annoy me watching the film. We talk about it a lot, and I get I get a bit weird when things get preachy in films, but I felt like this one, at least, it made me feel for the bad guy. Like, I felt like he had a good reason to be pissed off. Like, a little yeah. bit unjustified, Like, but that's because he's a psycho bad guy. I thought it was a pretty good... Like, um, what's his name? Michael B. Jordan was a great villain. And... 
everything else in the film was pretty good as well. Like I thought all the supporting cast was great. The biggest problem is the fact that Black Panther is fucking boring. Yeah, he was so stupid. And also he's just like sort of, I don't know, he doesn't earn anything. Like they make him do the trial, which I think is that point where they're like, oh, this character has to, you know, he has to fight for, he's got to be challenged for his position and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but it's still kind of nothing. And like, then they've got like his superhero suit, which he's just like given, like it's a necklace and you press a button. And I'm like, that's, that's cool. But it's just so fucking vanilla. Like, why can't he like, where's the challenge? Well, I remember literally. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't, grow into his powers or anything like no. that and, and like why does he even need the powers when he has this super suit you know what i mean and he, like yeah exactly <laughs> like this, and then it's, the super suit is so op like he can't get hurt he gets knocked back by a rocket and it's like oh okay let well, shake that off and keep going it's like almost mm. superman status here this is bullshit <laughs> and the and the thing with like the um the like the bit where michael b jordan throws him off the edge and like like, everyone's so upset. I'm like, that's cool and all, but we all know he's alive because you threw him off the edge of a cliff. And yeah. nobody who gets thrown off the edge of a cliff dies. It doesn't happen. He landed in so, water, guys. Come on. <laughs> yeah, and also, like, just kill him. Why did you, like, throw him off the edge? Wouldn't it just be more effective to stab the shit out of him? You're meant to be this, like, effective killing machine. And you're like, I'll, I'll throw him. I'll toss him. Just seal the deal, bro. Also, I liked him as a villain, but he doesn't pop up until the last, like, qu- quarter of the film. The rest is spent with Andy Serkis, who I thought was great. Oh, he and was he just so gets good. killed off so unceremoniously. It was really disappointing. It was just such a bland story, too. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. I feel like I, I wasn't... I feel like I'm not allowed to say that I liked Andy Serkis because he was, like, the one white guy. <laughs> You know, besides yeah. Martin Freeman. And I was, like, really pissed when he got killed off because he was a great bad guy. Like, he was just fucking mental. Like, absolutely mental. I didn't realize at the time that he was the same character from um, Age of Ultron. Is he? Yeah, he's, um, he's, in, he's like, a South African dude in Age of Ultron who's doing some stuff. Um, oh. Yeah. And now the he's dead. Learn. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty... It was a pretty disappointing film. And then they've got, like, that end sequence where the armies are fighting each other but no one's getting killed because it's just good guys versus good guys and i'm like okay yeah true this is fun for no one it was bad cg too man that was yeah it wasn't it was cheap it was really awful what the hell i just yeah i don't know like it actually i actually get angry when i hear somebody come out and be like man that was a great movie i'm like you're a bandwagon jumper yeah. <laughs> you know, because it's yeah. not a good movie. If it was fucking Ant Man with Paul Rudd, generic white man, nobody would say a fucking thing. It would just be like, oh yeah, huh, a few lols, and I moved on yeah, with my life. I, it was just really unenjoyable, but you know, here we are. Anyway, I thought it was garbage. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. hate Marvel. I don't think it was garbage. I just think um, it was average, and I think that it could have been really good if Black Panther actually was cool, but he just isn't. And he's fucking called Black Panther and not one time in that film is he remotely stealthy. Like, yeah. why can't we get... Some, like, we don't have any superheroes that use stealth to their advantage. And, like, here you have the opportunity to use Black Panther as that, like, as that person. Well, he has instead. that one scene at the start where they see him in the tree, but that's kind of about it, really. There's, like, literally a shot of him running towards an army with his with his little claws out. <laughs> 
Yeah, <laughs> it's no, like, it's so it's, stupid. Yeah, like, and yeah, and I think that comes back to the my my problem with the suit, it being so like indestructible. Why not just make it that it's black? And he mm. has to use the stealth. Like, that makes sense to me. I don't know enough about this character. It's probably not his thing, but it seems obvious. I don't know. No, I, I'm with you. I, I was really disappointed, <laughs> as, we, as we're as we aware. Yeah. I also did a write-up of, a, like, a very thorough thought process on it. But Yeah, you I did. Got, yeah, you did. <laughs> I got um, told the other day by a mate that a lot of people behind my back have been saying that I, like they don't really like when I talk about movies because when I talk about movies, they think like, they think I'm super arrogant about it and that my opinion is better than everyone else's. And (laughs) Uh, they're right. I was going to say they're spot on. (laughs) And I'm not offended by that thought process. I was like, yeah, I do like to do that. And it's because, um, don't fucking watch Marvel. (laughs) It's like, what I just, I just hate I just hate Marvel so much. I just hate what it stands for. I hate Disney for owning 40% of the market. And like uh, Black Panther is just a prime example of that where it topples the box office and then critically it gets such an insane amount of praise. I think praise. it's like 97%. Or... And like that just scares me because it's like Disney literally banned a reviewer from reviewing films because they reviewed, I forgot what film it was, negatively. And... Disney have a lot of influence, and when that comes up, it's a pretty good indication that things aren't going too well. Because when you see that film, it's fine. It's very much fine. It's just this white bread, funnily enough, white bread fucking film. But it's not amazing. Like, it's not amazing. No, it's not a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes amazing. There were there were reviews praising it as Michael B. Jordan's character was as good as the Joker from Heath Ledger. I'm sorry. Can you just take a big long glass of reality check before you fucking write shit like that because that's garbage that's that's not that's just not okay you can't don't share your opinion anymore i'm sorry (laughs) well like i'm saying i liked michael b jordan but i've quickly forgotten that character you know what i mean like i've i'm not i'm not sitting here like dwelling on what a great performance it was like it's not oscar worthy like the joker Mm. was but well, it's it's actually funny that you bring that up, though, because with with all the positive reviews and stuff, because the other big Disney film that got massively positive, critically reviews was Star Wars: The Last Jedi, but was pretty panned by fans, wasn't it? Like, so yeah, the last two Disney films, mm, it's so fifty fifty. The Last Jedi was very much like people either hate it or love it. I mean, it's got good moments and bad moments, but uh, I don't know. I don't want to get into that. No, that's a that's, whole you can go listen to our review of that one. Um, yeah. But we do have a, another big Marvel movie coming up, uh, The Avengers Infinity mm. War. Where are you standing on that if you're on this hate I Marvel train? I don't fucking care at all. I don't care. Like, I, I, I'll i go see it, obviously, but I just, I just don't know, you know? Like, I'm sure it'll have amazing sequences and set pieces and stuff, but I... I, I, I I don't like. They better murder some people. Like they yeah, need to murder some people. people. I I am gonna go out and say I think um, Tony Stark's gonna die. I reckon. I reckon he'll die in the second one. I reckon what's gonna happen is most of the characters are gonna get murdered in this one, and then because um, you know how is Doctor Strange has that. Still? I didn't know if there was a still. No, yeah, there's Avengers. Yeah, but it's not part two. They've oh. rebranded it as Avengers Four. 
because the moment they split it into parts, it was getting like slammed. And all of my fucking stupid friends are like, oh, it's not parts anymore, Connor. You can't be upset. It's it's three and four. And I'm like, it's still the same fucking story. They've just rebranded it. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah. a marketing ploy, you idiot. It still is shit. Yeah. And like what they're going to do, I think, is kill off a lot of people at the end of this one. Very Empire Strikes Back of them. Mm-hmm. But I think a character, not Doctor Strange, but another character is going to use the time travel thing uh, to go back. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Because yep. because they're, they're going to have to. Because that's the only way they can, I think they're going to be able to sell the next film is mm-hmm. to is to have some really crazy shit happen. And I reckon Tony Stark will die, but... His vision in Avengers 2 was that everybody else dies. So I think he'll every a lot of people will die in the first one and then in the second one he'll like sacrifice himself to um like save everyone's life or something. Yeah, I think yeah, it'll be something yeah. like that. Well, um but I'm I'm keen to see it I guess. Yeah, I look I am keen. I've already bought my tickets. I've got the IMAX tickets for the opening weekend. Um we will be doing a review on that by the way. Mm. <laughs> because I, I feel like it's a, a big deal. Like it's 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 going to be huge, um, whether it be hugely shit or hugely great. I feel like it can only go either way. I'm not going in with huge expectations. I am looking forward to it, and I'm I'm hoping that it's going to be the big film that I want it to be. Um, but you know, Age of Ultron happened, so yeah, <laughs> it's I've been burned before. I'm I'm just sort of on the edge now. But now that they bring like the Guardians are in it, everyone's in it. Um, it, it, like, again, if they can Civil War it, I thought Civil War, you know, juggled all those characters really well. Yeah, if it was they, a good time. If they can do that, I think I'm on board. Which. I think they can, but I if they just muddle it up with too many characters, that can be a problem. Because like you look at the trailers, man, and you're just like every every shot is a different character. It's like fuck, mm. like how is how are they going to do this? God damn! So it's, I mean, they did it pretty well in Civil War. I think they'll have a huge emphasis on some in this one, and then a huge emphasis on others in the mm, next one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm excited to talk about that one, and we'll leave that until uh, next month when we break that shit down. Mm. Um, what else have you been watching? Anything cool? Um, I saw Game Night. Game oh, Night Game was... Night. Great film. Good fun, hey. Yeah. Really, really good fun. I actually really enjoyed everything it sort of had to offer, which was good. I, I, I thought it, it didn't try and be anything special. It was just a fun comedy film, but it was funny and the story was well, well written and the characters were believable and I quite enjoyed it for what it was. And yeah, yeah. I've come to a conclusion that I just like anything with Jason Bateman in it. Oh, he's so good. <laughs> like, he's just the best. And he plays the same character in everything mm-hmm. and I want that to keep happening. He's just my safe zone, you know? Like, horrible bosses, the change-up, anything. Anything with him in it. It's it's a guilty pleasure, and the only the only thing he didn't play that character was um, dodgeball. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he was fucking awesome. Yeah, <laughs> was he was he Cotton or was the other guy Cotton? I think I think the other guy was Cotton, but he just like he's just so <laughs> he's fucking so stupid. <laughs> yeah, no, and I I feel like he does straight well, and he does like well, he's always straight, but. You know, he does straight films well, and then he's great mm. in comedies because he plays the straight guy so well. Like, he's always just... Like, the look on his face when something stupid happens, like, you fucking idiot face. You know it's, you know the one? <laughs> it's just like, he's just been playing Michael Bluth from Arrested Development this the whole time. And like... Yeah. 
Michael Bluth is probably my favorite cat. Well, no, that's not true. Buster is, but my, I just love him. He's just so good. He's so lovable and enjoyable. Yeah. He's such a good guy. But like you said, the film was actually like a good kind of mm. fun roller coaster ride. Like, you know, I just love like him and Rachel McAdams are this competitive couple. Like, I kind of feel like we all know someone like that as well. Mm. Like, you know, I'm at a stage in my life where game nights are a fucking thing. It's fucking sad. Yeah. But I, that's what I, I do. I do them sad. as well. <laughs> I do um, them as well. I'm not, I'm not ashamed of it, but you know, I'm just acknowledging that I'm getting old and that's what we do now. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, we actually have like a little game night group that we, you know, try to do, you know, at least once a month, kind of like what these guys do. So, you know, I was able to relate to it and, you know, there's like, we have the couple that is that couple. They're the really like over the top fucking competitive where the rest of us are just mm-hmm. like man whatever it's a game like settle down chill out dude chill <laughs> yeah. out yeah. so like I could totally imagine like a night like this happening like us just taking it to the next level and all of a sudden people are fucking dying like <laughs> I don't know and the um the next door neighbour is hilarious that guy just the Matt Damon it. lookalike the Matt Damon lookalike <laughs> he's so creepy he's always Mm. cuddling that dog shit yeah no I, I enjoyed it I'd give it a solid 4 solid 4 mm. out of 5 that one it was a good 3.5 for me yeah nice it's up there I saw it at the drive-in actually Ooh, I've, I've, that's um, a good drive-in film yeah perfect drive-in film you know like a good comedy you don't need like that surround sound awesomeness and mm. crystal clear visuals it's just like here we are fun. I'm eating a hot dog and fucking watching <laughs> Jason Bateman the Australian life man. is good yeah, it was good. Um, it's actually a great little um, uh, drive-in here in Dandenong. It's um, apparently it's one of the oldest in Australia. They've got four screens. It's fucking huge. It's it's great. Fucking hell. Um, I'm gonna. I would like to go more, but it's starting to get cold. So fuck that. One more movie I want to talk about before we get onto Ready Player One is um, Tomb Raider. Ah uh, yes, you did, saw it, didn't you? Sir? I did. I did. Did you? You haven't seen it? No. No, I have I, no interest in seeing Tomb Raider whatsoever. <laughs> oh, really? Why is that? You're not a fan? I haven't played the new games and, like, I just... i sort of given up on video game movies a little bit. Like, I don't know. It just That's didn't weird. interest me. I saw the trailer and the trailer looked pretty shit and I just sort of... I didn't have an interest. But how was it? Was it any good? Yeah, no, I thought it was great. I, um, I'm actually a little disappointed that it kind of just has gone under the radar a little bit. I'm mm. like, I feel like it just came out and disappeared. I, I thought it was going to be a bigger thing. I, I found that a lot of people's attitudes are similar to yourselves. Like I've been like, oh yeah, I saw Tomb Raider. And they're like, why? <laughs> okay. yeah. I'm like, what? No. Like, cause well, you know, back in the day when um, Angelina Jolie was Lara Croft, like it was a big deal. I remember the mm. first one coming out, it was huge. And um, I have gone back and watched that movie. It's not that bad. This this new take was kind of exciting to me because I have played the uh, the first reboot game, mm-hmm. um, and it's awesome. Like just a really great cinematic game. So it, it was just being asked to be put on the big screen, and they've they've followed it fairly faithfully. So yeah, I was able to get behind it. This new chick is great as Lara Croft. She's tough, but she still is like kind of cute. So. You do it works well. You, you, you kind of feel that she she could die. She's not just this tough, you know. Like I think yeah. I think with like um, Angelina Jolie's portrayal, it was very. Um, I felt like she couldn't die. She was unstoppable. She was this badass bitch. She was great. 
like as that character, but like you don't really ever fear for her. Where there's times where this chick's hanging off the edge of a fucking plane that's hanging off the edge of a waterfall, and <laughs> you're like, "How the fuck are you going to get out of this?" Yeah. And she pulls some shit, <laughs> what are you gonna do? and it's just incredible. Like the the sequences like that are on point. So like, I highly highly recommend it. Actually, I'd, another four out of five, I'd probably give it. Oh shit! I saw it at IMAX. They did have an IMAX screening for it. But there was like no one there. <laughs> it's actually the deadest I've ever seen it on like opening night as well. So yeah, I'm a bit um I'm a bit kind of surprised at bit of a floppy that one. Yeah, like I haven't really read too much into the reviews or anything. I don't know how well it's doing, but it's funny that you know there's here we have uh, a female character leading a movie again, and you know oh, everybody wants to make a big fucking deal about all this diversity stuff and now we have one and nobody's talking about it <laughs> yeah. like what the fuck it's, anyway don't even i i honestly have just given up on that whole movement i think a good film is a good film regardless of who's in it and what they represent and if it fits the story it fits the story and i think anyone who advocates for this garbage all the time is someone who doesn't really want to see a good film they just want their political like point to be pushed across and it's very easy for them to argue that it's a human rights thing and i think that's the whole reason people support it so much is they just push this whole you're a bad person for not thinking everyone should be equal but in reality it's like no i want everyone to be equal but at the end of the day i want to watch a good movie i don't give a fuck what's in between that like just put a good movie on i don't care who's in it yeah and that's yeah that's why i think a movie like this flops because the, the Lara Croft Tomb Raider is, is, is done. It's a remake of a, it's a remake of a film that was based off a game that has been made excessively over the past few years. And so, you know, marketing wise, it's not a big deal like the money that didn't sell out because it's a remake, but you know, clearly these people don't actually give a shit about their point they're trying to make because it's not a massive popular film. And so they think, oh, well, it's not going to be very good. I'm not going to see it. And it's like, well, fuck you. Like, you're arguing that you want more women in film and that you have a strong female lead and you just fucking brush her off like she's nothing. So, you know, where are you coming from, mate? What's the <laughs> what's the point there you're trying to make? You know, you don't want to see the films. You just want to see a good film and then you chuck a tantrum if you can. It's like fucking Dunkirk. How Dunkirk was getting fire from a reviewer because it didn't have women in it. Do you know? What a historically accurate <laughs> fucking film Dunkirk is. I didn't you read. You stupid dick. I didn't read that. Oh That's, my god. Yeah. Wow. Just stupid. Okay. Anyway, yeah, let's move on know. from that like, point. Yeah, I'm not going to get into this again, but it's <laughs> yeah, it is it is and it like it is surprising to me that it didn't make some sort of splash in that era. Um, but yeah. Anyway, go see it. I think it's a great film. Let's talk about Ready Player One. <laughs> Woohoo, baby! I'll um, I'll jump into a little a little story for you. So, uh, it's in the future, and the only like paradise sort of world is this big, massive, very hyper-realistic virtual reality where anything can happen at any point. And the creator um, has died, and he's offered five hundred. It's like half a trillion dollars and complete ownership of the Oasis, and it's the biggest economic thing in the world. So it's like basically running the world. And he basically is put it into game context where you have to complete these three challenges, you get these three keys, and then on the third key you unlock this door and you get an Easter egg, and the Easter egg is the ownership of everything. 
problem is the challenges are near impossible and nobody's been able to do it until this guy Wade Watts or Passable comes along and he starts completing these challenges, which pisses off the big old, basically EA, the equivalent to EA, um, <laughs> IOI, who want, who basically have run the company to just like to find it so they have the biggest economic resource and they come into a big battle it's underdog against the big corporation and at the end of the day wade watts takes over and wins and you know runs the place with his mates it's very very linear very fun that story very simple to follow yes um very spielberg yeah it is it's very very spielberg i think that's the best way to put it it's like it's like watching an 80s film and that's really cool yeah can i say i am so happy to see spielberg making a movie like this I hope this happens more. Like, I want to see more of mm. this because these are the movies that I love of Spielberg. Like, you know, people always ask me, like, who's your favorite director? And Spielberg's definitely up there. Jurassic Park's my favorite movie of all time. So, you know, he's in the in the fucking talk of that. Well, he can do anything, can't he? Well, he can. And, and he does well, generally. Mm. Um, but, like, the Spielberg movies I love are the ones that everyone thinks of, like the Emblem Entertainment movies, E.T., Jaws... Well, that's not an emblem movie, but like, you know, um, Jurassic Park, Indiana Jones, like the adventure movies. That's what we think of when we think of Spielberg. But he does do all the art, well, not art house, but he does, um, you know, the more hard drama stuff. And that's more what he's kind of been doing lately. And like, don't get me wrong, that, that shit is good. Like The Post was an awesome film, an awesome, awesome film. But I don't really want to see him do that. <laughs> <laughs> I want no, to see more Jurassic Park. I want to see more Indiana Jones. Yeah. yeah, so like to hear that he was coming back and doing this sort of film like just gave me the giddies. Like fucking hell, mm. I was excited. And I had read the book. I've I've read the book, um I read it a year or two ago, and it's easily one of my favorite novels I've ever read. Like a lot of people um I've sort of talk to in the lead up to this film coming out have been all about like well isn't it just like you know some nerd dude like just referencing a bunch of shit and i'm like yeah he does but like it's all part of the story and yeah and you know this this sort of film i feel like or this sort of film in that sort of book is made for somebody like me <laughs> like yeah a pop culture fucking nerd like me like will find something in this film exactly like what you said at the start of the podcast this is a movie that if you come to see it, there's so much shit going on in it. There's so many references that there will be something for everyone. <laughs> like they mm. don't, they don't, they're not just sticking to 80s stuff. They're not just sticking to video games. They're not just sticking to fucking Star Wars or Star Trek. There is something for everyone here. And that's what I liked about the book as well was the fact that this kid had to go and basically study pop culture to try and win the Easter egg for the Halliday's Easter egg. And it wasn't like Halliday wasn't just this, you know, run of the mill Star Trekky nerd or something like that. He liked everything. And that's yeah. kind of like what I'm like, like I'm very, I'm very like open to most parts of pop culture. Like I, I there aren't many things that I just straight up hate, you know what I mean? So it spoke to me immediately. But what were your um? Do you did you know anything about this movie before going? I in? just I just knew it's big. I saw the trailers. Like it's big marketing selling point was that it's a you know it's this virtual world and anything goes and all the references are actual 
you know, their actual games and actual yeah. movies and stuff. So I, I sort of knew about that, um, and I knew it was by Spielberg, so I was keen to see it. But um, yeah, what did you, how does it derive from the book a lot, or is it is it very much the same, or like what what what? How does how does it compare? Um, you know, like it's been it's been a while since I read the book, so I, I couldn't I couldn't break it down. But there's um, no major changes story wise in it. Oh, like there is. Um, like story wise, not so much. It's like the same sort of structure and everything. But in terms of things uh, like the content, a lot of the um the challenges. So the challenges for each of the key are, mm. are different. Um, I'm pretty sure only the third one is remotely similar. So the first the first challenge in the book, and I was actually really excited to see how they would do this in the film. Basically, the character, um, you know, Wade has to act out the entire film of War Games as Matthew Broderick's character. Right. <laughs> And it's like, you know, because the whole thing was it was, you know, War Games was one of his favorite, was one of Halliday's favorite films. And it's literally, you, ha- you like, he's put into Matthew Broderick's skin in the in the movie and has to act out all the, the lines and has to time it out at the right time. And if you don't time it out, you fail the challenge and have to start again sort of thing. And I was like, wow, like, it was just like this really cool part of the book that I actually went and watched War Games again after it. And I was like, holy shit, this is so cool. Like, what a great a great thing to, to have be, be a thing, I guess. Um, and, like, look, you know, to, to bring that across in a film, it would, be a, it would be difficult, you know, like, to do the whole yeah. make the passable person into Matthew Broderick and all that sort of business. I was excited to see what they would do with it. So um, I guess what they did instead was the shining challenge, obviously. You know, the second yeah. the second challenge. Which, the by the way, holy fucking shit, that was so awesome. Yeah. That yeah, is yeah. the best sequence in the whole film. And this is what I'm going to say is like, I actually prefer that. <laughs> like, that... How good was that sequence? Oh, like, it... so good. And it doesn't like, it doesn't fake out. Like the whole thing is as honest to the original film as it can get yeah. in what it's trying to do. It like, just it that was so 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 cool. I felt I like they just walked straight onto Kubrick's set, man. Like it was mm. great, and and it still had the same thing. It was a movie that he watched on his first date, and mm. you know he he really loved the film, and and I thought it just I thought it worked better as a challenge. Like you know the fact that the the old bitch in the in the bathtub becomes like this crazy. Yeah, like with a fucking giant axe and you, mm. you're you in the maze all of a sudden and blah, blah. The only thing I would have loved to have seen was a Here's Johnny somewhere. Yeah, um, I think, I, I reckon it would have been about like the legalities to getting Jack Nicholson's likeliness because they don't show him when Jack's no. chasing down um, H in the maze. And no. I was like, I was like, that's cool, but it definitely is like that because they would have been like, Jack Nicholson would have been like, you can pay me millions of dollars if you want to use that. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, I don't know. I don't think it even needed to be um, Jack Nicholson, even if just one of the characters did it. Mm. I would have been happy. Like just someone smashed through a door and goes, here's Johnny. Yeah. It wasn't necessary though. I think at the end, like there were no. so many cool nods and like the photo of them, like that was a moment oh, where I was like, oh, that's cool. So like cool. the photo. Yeah. No, it was a great sequence. And I, I am kind of happy that they they have you know changed out the war games thing for that but that was the second challenge the first challenge um the race the race thing i 
love the race, but it actually has like to me. I, I felt like it was a bit out of place in terms of uh like in the challenge world i guess because like the second challenge in the book is an arcade game or something um mm. i can't remember exactly what happens but it's a specific arcade game and i i think you, they might get sucked into the game or something like that but like it it is more of a like you need to know this game back to front to be able to win this challenge whereas the the fact that you know all he had to do in the race was drive backwards even though yeah. that's a clever sort of thing, it didn't feel like they like there was no pop culture references needed to be known to be able to beat that. See, see, my thing with that was I was like, come on, that's like challenge two and three. I was like, those are really cool and they would be hard to discover. But like everybody in the world plays this game. The challenges have been going on for five years, yeah. and you're telling me not one person in that race got bored one day and decided to reverse. Mm. Like, that was something that I just didn't find believable. Like, to me, I was like, someone would have done that. Like, someone someone would have done that by now, or someone would have, like, accidentally done it. Like, it's not a... It, like, how could someone in five years not do that? That's what yeah, I thought. Yeah, I, I did thought. think that, but then, like, it's... It's like, just I don't the, know. I, like, I can take it to a certain extent, but, like, I think the fact that it, it's just such a simple thing and the way that he figured it out was very, like, ah, uh, okay. Like, yeah. So, in this one conversation, when Halliday looks at the camera, basically, and says, mm. I want to go backwards or something like that, it's like, how does that relate to this? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I just, I just wish it was more like... Because the other two clues and challenges were really effective, like... They figure them out well. They there's a reason, and I, yeah. I get it, and it's really smart. And the first one, yeah, I was sort of like that was a little bit hand fed. Like I don't really buy into that. As yeah, much. yeah. But like, I will say, like, and I do kind of get why they turned it into the race because there is that's where there's so many references are just getting mm. thrown at you. Um, and oh, visually, it was awesome. Fucking awesome, like incredible. And just talking on the visuals, that was what I I was um I was actually a little bit worried when I when I first seen the trailer because you know you're just seeing the CG world and I'm I'm just so not about that anymore <laughs> and seeing that even though I know it is a video game world and you know I mm. I guess in my head it just looked more realistic but I was a bit worried about like just watching the CG film but god damn it is next level CG like it is great like very yeah. very pretty so once i was able to just get among the characters and get immersed in this world i was very happy with it so um everything everything in the cg world was awesome fun wasn't it like mm. it was just so fun and cool uh yeah i had a great time every time that cg was like i just was bought it completely it it's part of a story like the narrative like they're in a game so of course yeah. it's gonna look like that yeah it fits so well it was very very cool and like everything was very believable like you die, you lose all your coins. So suddenly there's actually, and like coins can be bought for real things. People sell their houses. So it's very obvious, like, you know, the, there is this level of sincerity and, and urgency to things and why people would go to a world where there's a death match because you get lots of money, but you could die, you know, like it's a yeah, big deal. Yeah. Did they ever, did they ever point out in the film that there were safe zones like that? You couldn't die in certain No, areas? it's not, it's not pointed out, but I feel like it's, it's sort of implied a bit like there's peaceful worlds. And also yeah. if you're, if you're going to kill 
someone on a peaceful world, like you're probably not necessarily because it became more than a game. Like, I think that was the point was it's like, would you really risk shooting someone in the middle of the street? Because if you did, you would probably be next on the list to die. Wouldn't you? Like someone would be like, all right, fuck you then you're dead. Mm, mm. So I think there's a high risk factor to those sort of things. And because I like the idea that once you zero out, you lose everything. So it's not mm. just like a respawn fucking fest. And um, yeah. I was having a big talk with my, my mate Sean about this um, the other day, actually. And he brought up the fact he's like, so if anyone can die, like, isn't that a bit ridiculous? Like you like, so I could just shoot you right now and you zero out. And I'm like, well, I don't know. Because like in the book, obviously they talk about that there are safe zones. And that's why I asked, I, cause oh, I couldn't okay. remember it coming up. Um, but you know, when you go to the doom planet, it's the high challenge stuff. Like there's the the chance that you will die. Yeah. Um, so you you got to make sure that you're fucking decked out. You got the right equipment, and you know what you're doing. Otherwise, you're going to zero out and have to start from the bottom yeah. again. So I like that idea. Do you think that um the money and stuff in the game though is that attached to real life? Like so, if you zero out in the game. Are you zeroing out in real life? (laughs) You don't lose money in real life, but the thing they made clear was that you could, like, the in-game currency is used to buy things in real life. Yeah, that's what I And, like, you, I think you could probably also use that in-game currency to, like, sell things in real life as well. Because it's basically, like, really, when you think about it, it's less of a game and more like the internet has a physical space. Yeah. Like, that's what it felt like. Yeah, yeah. So I think it was more implied that way because the guy sells all like basically mortgages the house again to like have all his gear and he gets real pissed mm. at Wade, the uncle and the aunt yeah. who were nothing characters. Just on another note, those characters, probably one of the most disappointing aspects of the film, they pop up for five seconds, then nothing. But then the aunt's death is meant to be used as a motivator for Wade. But I'm like, well, the aunt wasn't yeah. ever very nice to him and I didn't see their relationship and he doesn't seem to give a fuck anyway. So like, yeah. what's the point? Like, it was so weird. It's something, obviously, that's iterated on more in the book, um, mm. but they still are kind of cunts. <laughs> but that yeah. also adds to what Wade is. Like he, like, he hates the real world, so he's escaping to this oasis where he's a god. Like, he's one mm. of the best players, you know, whatever. And this, I actually want to talk a little bit about, um, like, Wade's origins and something that was done really well in the book was it's really sold that this kid knows his shit. Like, because mm. basically there's that, you know, there's the, the Hall of Halliday or whatever it is, the, the place where... And he knows everything of every, about him there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, that's sort of told to us in the movie. Like, it's kind of the one thing that annoyed me the most about the film is that, like, whenever we get to a challenge or we get to something, you know, some sort of turning point in the film... It's just Wade being like, oh, wait, that's because Halliday loves yeah. The Shining. Or that's because this, yeah. oh, blah, blah, blah. Whereas I really would have liked to have seen um, the extent of his 80s obsession, of his nostalgic kick. In the book, I, there's a scene where he's sleeping on top of the, um, you know, the washing machine and he just pulls out an emulator and starts playing fucking Pac-Man or something. Like that's what he does. He just he's yeah. always going. He's always doing something. And whenever he's hanging out with H in that little basement, um, you know the part where he's like you know trying on all the clothes before he goes on the date, that's like a really like exclusive sort of hangout because H is like one of the most respected players. 
and him and H are besties. So they just hang out in this little basement and play video games. Like they're always playing mm. Atari games, they're always playing something that is on Halliday's favorites list because they're looking for clues, they're looking for something. Like yeah. I I don't understand why they didn't show that more. Like, yeah. you know, there's a lot of him just being like, Oh, this reference, or hey, this, oh, you know, and when they're when they're, you know, he puts on his what is it, the bonsai something the you know the the outfit that he puts on and yeah know, h is like oh yeah bonzo blah blah it's like no but why is he obsessed with bonzo why is it his mm. favorite movie why haven't we seen him doing that like this is all simple stuff that when he's just sitting in his in his fucking room at the in the stacks that you know he's watching yeah. this stuff or he's obsessed with these things and then like little nods that can come back later um for a movie yeah, that's full it's... of a movie that's full of nods they haven't done it for the character. <laughs> you know and this I mean? is this is like this sort of links to my gripe with the film is that while all the references are very, very cool and they show off a lot, and there's a lot that they combine, like the Iron Giant with the Terminator Two thumb and yeah. um the, you know, there's a lot of really cool, groovy stuff. What I find in this film is I'm like, that's cool, but this film doesn't have its own stuff. It doesn't have its own moments. And like it tries occasionally and has some, you know, memorable characters, I guess. Um, but at the end of the day, like a Spielberg films always have like, especially the ones from the nineties and eighties, they were known for those big moments, the Jurassic park, like don't move a muscle, like everything Jurassic park really. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like they all, they all do, but I'm watching this film and I'm like, yeah, it's really fun. But a, a lot of the cool stuff that people are getting giddy about or are getting really excited about are, are nods and references and moments from other films. Yeah. Like the Iron Giant Thumb, you're like, oh, that's from Terminator. And then you see The Shining and you go, oh, that's The Shining. From The Shining. <laughs> but or his car is the DeLorean and you're like, oh, that's the DeLorean. Oh, Robert Zemeckis, the Rubik's Cube. That's a Robert's, that's a, that's a back to the, like, and it's like, those are all really cool. And I'm not saying they're not cool at all, but I'm like, you know, none of those moments are, are, are you know, new in a way. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. they've used them very creatively and they're very smart how they've been written in. I don't really believe Spielberg wrote this film himself. There's no, no fucking it, way. It was Ernest Klein, the, the, yeah. um, the writer of the book. Um, yep. And that's really cool. But I was like, where are the moments where this film's going to be remembered for itself. And then you think, okay, well, what would they be? And they would be when it's in reality, like the stacks. That's a very cool concept. Mm. And there's these really cool moments through that. But then you're like, okay, there's these cool moments, but are they decent? Because the bomb going off for the stacks was kind of whatever. And everything in the real world always disappoints. Like it was always <laughs> disappointing. There was never like he that that girl, the the evil girl, jumps into the um the the truck and like it's the big finale and the the girl's trying to gonna kill all the guys and the, one of the guys just knows like karate and of course he's fucking Asian. He beats the shit out of her and kicks her out. Yeah. And I go, okay, so he learned his skills because the Oasis is real and you have to be physical in it. But then I'm like, but there would be a significant difference between fighting in real life and fighting. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah, yeah. I was like, what the fuck? And like, there's just nothing new in the real world. Like it almost, if that was a film just about like, and the VR was second to what happens in reality. One, that would be really stupid. But <laughs> Those moments would just be so disappointing for anyone watching. Like none of them are ever really too great, in my opinion. Like they always disappoint every time, every time. Oh man. And then there's that fucking line too. This is the worst line in the whole thing where Wade goes up to Ben Mendelssohn's character 
and he's like, you killed my mum's sister. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, how did that get through? How did that get in the movie? Like killed that's my mum's sister. Yeah. Like true. why? Why didn't you just say you killed my aunt? What the fuck, you yeah. idiot? Yeah. God, that was so stupid. But yeah, that was something that I found disappointing. Was that when the film like went away from its roots of being a reference slut, basically, mm. it didn't really um, live up to what it should have been. And yeah. thankfully, it doesn't go away too much. So you're having so much fun when you're watching it. Like it's just this big roller coaster of you going. Whoa! Mm, for like mm, for, for two it's like, hours. Oh, that! But... Oh, that! Oh, yeah, yeah. You're right. You, you know, you're absolutely right. And I didn't even think of that. Um, because I, you know, I've walked out of this film just like fucking giddy because mm. of the reference high that I just had induced into mm. my blood. But yeah, the the actual film in itself, I still think it's good, and I still think it's all there. And, you know, like I'm, 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 um coming from like I know a lot of the backstory and mm. stuff from the book as well so like I've it's the gaps are getting filled in for me um, which doesn't excuse the film by any means but just from my from my experience that's how I felt about it but I I have I feel like I've had these rose um, tinted glasses um, until you said that because you're well, fucking I mean, right and yeah. it, it like the the stack stuff um, is good and that's one of the, the things that I really love about this story is the fact that how accurate it probably is going to be in our future mm-hmm. like our world is going to be fucked soon and the only way we're going to be able to escape is to go into some sci- sort of cyber world and this is what's going to happen we're going to like forget about our world and just go live in this other one where we can be whatever we want to be but what happens to the world that's left behind? And that's something that is really like strong in the book. And you really, you're really sort of figuring out um, how very, very much how fucked the world is and how like of a nobody Wade Watts is and all that sort of thing. I, I think one of my biggest problem with the real world as well is it didn't look real. Like, you know, if we're, if we're sort of making an 80s Spielberg movie, I kind of want to see those gritty you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles style live action film from the 90s, dark alleys and just really gritty mm. shit. Where, where this one looked so clean. Like, everything looked so nice, sort of. Like, it wasn't as as fucked as I thought it should be. Like, they were telling me it was. And it looked very, like, green screen a lot of the time. Mm. Um, which is funny when you know the whole movie's a green screen movie and i and i feel like it looks better in the in the oasis than it does in yeah the real when it world. doesn't try and touch reality but this is the thing like plot wise this film is great like it is that very classic spielberg story yep. very classic yeah. adventure the, all the twists you know are going to happen but they're still fun they're mm-hmm. still awesome mm-hmm. it's it's a fun little trip down memory lane essentially in every way nostalgia doesn't just hit with the references, it hits with storytelling. And the thing is, we haven't seen a film that's this fun and this exciting in cinema for a long time. Films don't do this anymore, the way Spielberg does it. People don't seem to be able to nail it, which is funny. But below the surface, when you actually look at characters and motivation and just in relationships, it it starts to really show its flaws. Yeah, yeah. Yep. The the main character falling in love with this this <laughs> Artemis character that love story was one of the most like pathetic things I've Rubbish. seen. Like yeah, that's that's it, one of my big n- notes that I have written right here is 
they're in love. <laughs> There's no juice behind it. Where's the where's the passion? Where's the reason behind them being in love? He fucking meets her in real life once, sh- looks at her eye, and he's like, oh, I don't care. No one would care. She's a fucking babe, dude. You're not special. How has this woman not heard that before? Like, that's not a new thing, in my opinion. I don't... Ugh. It just happens so fast. And the way, like, I, I like the sentiment behind it. The fact that there's this supposedly disfigured girl that, you know, he he's he knows her online personality. So he knows, like, her personality. He doesn't care mm. about how she looks. And, like, that's a really cool thing. I think that's a great... It's it's very relevant in today. Like a lot of people, most of their relationships are online. So when to meet somebody like this, it, like it, it, this would be a thing. Um, but I don't believe the the evolution of their relationship even in the um, Oasis. Like all of a sudden they're they're having this lovely dance off in the you know the club scene where they're floating and all that. And yeah. It looks great and that's really nice. But like the build up to that, there's not there. She goes and from then- being like, no, you can't trust anyone in the Oasis, and he and he's yeah. all and like he should know that of anyone. Like he is like one of the most prevalent holiday hunters or whatever they call themselves and he is like he should know this shit and everybody's telling him this shit but like he's just like immediately in love with this girl like just because she can fucking ride the akira bike Mm. (laughs) like it just happens too quick and it's silly and so like that moment that you said like you know where he pushes her hair aside and sees her birthmark he's like no you're still beautiful or whatever the fuck it's just it it feels kind of lame because it's not it's not justified. And let's be let's be honest here, like that birthmark ain't doing much to disfigure this girl. She's still sexy as hell. Oh, oh <laughs> she's so fucking horribly disfigured that poor thing. Bullshit. And then she's like you don't know what I look like in the game and I'm like, "Man, you have some stupid insecurities, lady, because <laughs> uh, yeah, it was like just, I would honestly it- rather that she was kind of a chubby girl with glasses, mm. like not not you know, typically attractive. Gorgeous. Yeah, like that. And then you start. Yeah. And then, you, sorry, just interrupt you, but I just think, like, before I forget this point, she's like groping him in the club. But then you see her set up, and she's literally standing in a see-through glass cube, surrounded by other people in the resistance. <laughs> yeah. And that really starts to make me think. <laughs> Okay, like, what the fuck's this chick's problem? Like, I do like her character, and I like where they go from there, but, yeah, mm. that whole love story is is rubbish. It's absolute yeah. rubbish. But, and, but- the, and the other characters all kind of don't get enough. Like, you know, you've got the high five. H is kind of a thing, but then it's like, oh, look, it's a sassy black girl. Like, in the book, that was huge. Like, a huge, yeah. huge thing. And I felt like it was just, oh, she randomly just come out of the shadows. Uh-huh. Hmm. Okay. Oh, that's H. Okay, moving on. And just finds him at this location. Yeah, yeah. The other thing that found me... Oh, no, wait. He does that because he tells them. That's right. He. Oh, no, he doesn't. I don't know how how they know. I felt like she just came out of nowhere. And the Um, other thing is these other two characters who become quite pivotal and have these cool moments at the end with the Gundam and stuff... These two Japanese, the Japanese characters, kids, yeah. they're then given nothing. Like they're just they're super important near the end, but throughout the film, they're given nothing. And I'm like, where's their screen time? And also, yeah. where's the? There's just no relationship in this film that's really developed past what it needs to be. They don't really dive into anything. They don't try. It's all to push the plot. And I mean, the plot's so good that you're like, okay, sure. But then you think about it and you're like, like Ben Mendelsohn, probably the most diverse character on screen. He's super fun. He's super good. So good. good. I love him, man. He is one of my favorite actors at the moment. 
But then there's like that moment at the end where they get the Easter egg and he's going to kill them all and then he doesn't shoot Wade. And I'm like, that's a really yeah. odd moment for me. because Why didn't he shoot Wade? <laughs> like, why wasn't... He's like so in awe that they got their Easter egg. But I'm like, Ben Mendelsohn's character never gave a fuck. He was all about the money. He was all about yeah. winning. He's always been about that from what I see on screen anyway. And then you take that away and you put him in this position where suddenly he's human again. I'm like, hmm. His arc was going so well. Also, TJ Miller's character, fucking great fun. So really good, dis- yeah. Really disappointed he didn't have an awesome way to go. Like, where was his awesome action scene? Like, mm. why didn't they put the the supposed badass that has neck problems against the actual 11-year-old badass? Which I really thought that's what they were oh, going to yeah. do. Yeah, true. Like, they had all those moments where they could go that way and they set it up that him and the 11-year-old are the only two left and then it just doesn't happen. Oh, and also, the other plot thing that really bothered me was the extra life coin thing. Like, I understand that it's a nod at Simon Pegg's character, which was revealed was in the game the whole time. But for me, I I just, I couldn't get behind that. Like, it was a real scapegoat. Like, yeah. I, just, I, I, I think it's the same in the book as well, from memory. It was just a silly moment where I felt like it would have been more effective if he, if they just didn't use the catalyst. Like, why just not just, like... What do you mean Ben Mendelsohn's character doesn't care and he'll wipe the game? He doesn't, he hates everything. Like, he's been trying so hard this whole time as well. Like, where's the, I don't know. There are a few moments like that where, it, honestly, what it was is it felt like there were about four different endings and they just took a long time to get there. Where mm. you've got the real world, which is disappointing to watch, and then you've got the ending where Ben Mendelsohn's character doesn't really battle Wade Watts which is disappointing and then you've got the ending where he blows everything up but then he comes back anyway and then they broadcast the game to everyone and I'm like well where do you want to be like what's the go <laughs> you know now that you're pointing them out it, it is easy to see uh the flaws in the development of everything here especially like Ben Mandelson like like you said he's just a bad guy like the whole time like there is no sympathy there and i like i like the way it's played and i like him and i think it's he's he is such a great bad guy like fucking krennic from road rogue one again but yeah for him to not shoot him at the end was a really like head scratcher because like why like why just, wouldn't he shoot it just like, make just fucking attempt, shoot yeah. it yeah mm. like you know if if somebody took the bullet for him or something maybe like h takes the bullet or something i don't know like something something but it's it's just not quite there there's just so much fun going on that it, it is hard to dwell on these things. Yeah. Like, you, you know, this is our job. This is what we do. Mm. But like at the, at the end of the day, there's a goal. This guy goes for it. Sometimes it doesn't feel as justified as it should, but they distract me with pretty fucking references. <laughs> so, and the one thing I want to say about the references is like, yes, it is just a movie of references basically. And they have, you know, gone a bit lackluster on some of the plot points, but like, or plot development points, I should say. But the references are relevant to the story, though. And that's what I really want to push home here, is that it wasn't just your everyday sort of cameo in the background or something that just sort of, you know, they've shoehorned in. Like, all these references, at least the major ones as part of the plot points, are all relevant to the story. It's, it's what pushes the film forward is the fact that you know the the thing that all these people are chasing is made by a person who is a geek and mm. he loves all this fucking pop culture shit and to reference it like that 
is just great. Like, I think it's written in well. I think it, it flows well. And there was never a point where I was like, oh, man, that felt shoehorned. Like, oh, you know, yes, yeah. there are a lot of, like, random shit running past, but that's kind of what the what the film is. That's that what this, this world yeah. is. Is like that there is the fact that all this shit is going on in the world because it's the internet. Like if you, like you said that this is a physical representation of the internet, it's the internet. Like I can go on the internet and if I want to look up Ninja Turtles, I can look up Ninja Turtles or the next, on the next fucking screen, I'll be looking at Terminator 2. It's all yeah. there. <laughs> and that's what it's, and that's what's so cool about it, you know? And it does a good job of nailing that really, really well. You're totally right. I just want to ask one thing though, one little little thing that doesn't make much sense with the the whole like all these characters living in this mm. world. So I'm assuming that you know, like if you and me are playing this game, like I could be Jason and you could be Freddy. You know, mm-hmm. like is that how it works? Like is my avatar yeah. Jason or is that are they NPCs in the world? Because you know, there only seems to be one of everyone. But uh, yeah, possible. No, I- I th- I think yeah no no I know what you mean. Well, I think first it's... of all, you know, he only has his his like he has his avatar and he can't even really change it too much. But then we do have the part where Artemis is dressed up as Goro. Goro. <laughs> I think I think yeah I think you can change into whoever you want if you want to customize yourself completely individually then you can or if you want to play a major character you can. Like I don't yeah. think there's a there's an in between. Like was H. Uh, like a character or is that like, just a skin? I don't think so. Like she just looked like some sort of mm. random mechanical orc. <laughs> um, but one of the things I didn't vash before is the ending where, so Halliday, he meets Halliday in the virtual world and they're back in his room as a kid. And he starts talking about how he just likes the Oasis because it's a game. And that's all it is, is it's a game. And I go, okay, like I understand what you're saying. Like it's not reality and it shouldn't be treated as such. But then Wade runs the place and he starts talking about how they run it. They get rid of the IOI and it's this free place. I'm like, that's amazing. Good on you. But then he's like, also we banned people from using it on Tuesday and Thursday. And I'm like, yo, that's fucked up. You shouldn't be allowed to do that. That is fucked up. Like that's power play. How yeah. fucking, how fucking dare you do that? What if some cunt has work every day, but Tuesday and Thursday? <laughs> yeah. But what if like, or like, you don't know what other people are going through. You don't know what like benefits they get from the Oasis. Your benefit was running away from the world because the world sucks. Mm. Maybe someone uses it to talk to a holographic version of their dying mum. And congratulations. They can't do that on Tuesday and Thursday. Like, <laughs> but no, like to me, I'm like, that is such a, like, it's really dict- like, that's very that's a dictator thing. That's a Hitler mm, thing. Yeah, like, yeah. When you put it that way, it definitely is. Just like it didn't make sense to me, and like the whole holidays, like you know, the real world is the only place you can get a real meal, and while it's harsh, it's the only place that's real. I'm like, um, hang on, fuck off, Spielberg. Don't try and jam your fucking political opinion down our throat because the reason people play this game can vary from person to person, as you know, because you play games very differently to how I play games and why you play games, fish. So like. When I hear that, I'm like, that's fucking garbage. <laughs> like, I was, I did disagree so much with that when I heard it. I was like, that is fucking stupid. Don't tell people, like, I get that people should be more in touch with the real world, but at the same time, like, don't tell people, them when they, hate, yeah, they like, can't do it. Yeah, no, I get that. Like, because I definitely went along with it. I was like, yeah, they should get out and, like, smell the mm. roses and go to the beach, you fucking jerks. Like, <laughs> no, yes, you're right. That is a bit dictator. You can't tell me when I. Like, cause yeah. exactly that. I used to get pissed off, um, cause I, I've, I got really addicted to the new Gran Turismo game a, mm. a little while ago when it came out, and you know, for the longest time, the only days I had off 
were, was a Wednesday. And for whatever fucking reason, that's the time that they did their fucking online, you know, maintenance. maintenance. And oh, yeah. like, and that game, you have to play online. Like you can't play it. Unless it's online. And I, I used to get so fucking angry <laughs> because I'm like, all right, a whole afternoon of Gran Turismo and then like, nah. I'm like, yeah. God damn it. So yeah, I get it. <laughs> oh, and also he's like, yeah, people need to wake up and smell the roses. And like, easy for you to say, owner of half a trillion dollars. <laughs> yeah. You could go buy a whole fucking florist if you want. You mate. fucking dickhead. <laughs> like, did you totally forget where you came from? Did you really want to live the fucking life of... Like, reality, when you were living in stacks with your abusive uncle, like, what's your deal, dude? Ah, so stupid. So stupid. I got one more um, question about this world and and Mm -hmm. how they've sort of set it out. Because, like, the way they sort of show is that, you know, most people have, like, some sort of rig or a space where they can play these VR games. They seem to move around a lot. But in that final fight scene, you see you, on the when street. we go to, yeah, there's all the people on the street. Like that seems da- like, is that only happening because there's like, now there's, there's an uprising or do these people all have their own space or were they always playing in the street? I like, think, I think everyone has the headsets ready to go. And it was more of like a, this is a big deal. Everybody in the world is doing it so much so that these people are free to move down. where they yeah, want. Okay. Right. Um, but it didn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. I feel like the rigs would have been a better option, but it was probably just more to show that people are doing it. It's just happening. Um, yeah. There's no time. Let's which go. is, yeah, yeah, it was pretty illogical, but. Cause I play VR in my living room and I move like the slightest bit and I'm running into my couch and I'm running yeah, into like, you know, like, it's, very disorientating. <laughs> and there's like in that scene, you, you see the guys who are playing as the Ninja Turtles and they're doing like big fucking roundhouse kicks and judo chops and shit. And, and it's just like, certainly somebody's going to cop one of those feet. <laughs> <laughs> like, or somebody's like you know and and the main characters are driving through the street in a car where all these guys are like doing their thing yeah sure these guys know that they're all fighting the good fight but what if there's you know if the world's so fucked there's probably some sort of like thief running around in a you know some piece of shit car and he's going to run down these people mm, <laughs> like, that's it. these are the logical things that i was thinking of it doesn't take away from the film, but it's just fun to uh, speculate on. Well, hey, let's let's end this one on... Why don't you point out what your... You know, there's enough references for everyone in this movie. What were your favorite references in Ready Player One? Uh, the Iron Giant was really fun. That was really, really cool. I like the DeLorean. King Kong was awesome. Like, all the ones that were actually kind of obvious were the ones I enjoyed the most. Mm. Um, the Shining was definitely the peak because it was so niche. But yeah, no, I think those were the ones that were... That stood out to me, at least, anyway. I liked a lot of the the obvious ones. Like, my my obvious one was the T-Rex from Jurassic Park, obviously. And then all the horror ones, like The Shining was great. I loved um, the Chucky thing, where they threw fucking Chucky into yeah, the car. Like, that, that was, was cool. so cool. The one had, F-word. Yeah, Chucky. yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And you had, um, you know, Freddy and Jason. So, like, I got a big ticks on all the... Um, my horror fix the terminator thing just the best like i seen this with our buddy reese and we both just like jizzed our pants all over that we're like yes i haven't seen the iron giant so i I couldn't really get excited about that one and actually i was a little bit annoyed that it was the iron giant because in the book i think it's a robotech robot okay i really like the iron giant so i vouch for that yeah i've heard it's great and i'm i um intend on going to watch it now but I have to say my favorite 
favorite favorite reference and it's so fucking random it was and it's in the background of the race scene just after they go past the t-rex there's a cinema that's playing jack slater 3 which is the movie from the last action hero if you ever wow, saw that film that like, is fucking niche holy shit and this is what i mean man like this this movie has something for everyone and funnily enough i've just gone on a bit of a uh, last action hero run over the last couple of months I've, I've read a few versions of the scripts and i've been watching the film and i've just been really in that space and it's so weird that this fucking movie referenced that film which was actually a huge flop like I'm surprised that they like they've even like that's even relevant anymore because mm. like that and that's kind of what I was sort of diving into a little while ago is trying to figure out why it was such a flop because it is one of my favorite films. But Jack Slater three, fucking hell, that's Arnie's character <laughs> in that. Jesus Christ. Um, and the only other I, at the end of the film, I remember I turned to Beck and I said, "Man, that had Terminator, it had Jurassic Park, it had Turtles, it had fucking Jack Slater, it had all the horror shit." And I said, "The only thing that could make this perfect is if Sonic was in there." And apparently Sonic was in there. I seen him in the credits. <laughs> Did you see Sonic? Um, no, not at all. So I don't know where he was. He must. I'm sure he's in that fucking fight scene somewhere. But apparently there's a Sonic the Hedgehog in there. So I'm gonna I'm gonna buy the Blu-ray and I'm gonna go frame by frame and I'm gonna find my favorite Hedgehog. And of course all the Street Fighter references. So many Street Fighter references. It was great. Yeah, there was a lot. There was a lot of game references, like a heap. Um, that were I was surprised they were in there. There's like yeah. a Gears of War reference as well. Gears of War, Overwatch, like, it's like so, yeah, I loved it. I thought it was good, and it was a good, like, mix of, you know, sort of relevant stuff today to mm. stuff way back to the 80s and 70s. No Star Wars stuff. Mm, well, no, there's a couple. There's, like, a TIE Fighter reference and stuff in there. They talk about it, but you don't see anything, and that's obviously a Disney thing. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, if you're talking about nostalgic references that's really the only thing that's missing but i am kind of happy that it isn't there so it gives all the other shit like if (laughs) i feel like if star wars was in there i wouldn't get a last action hero reference so (laughs) Mm, that's it yeah all right well should we um do our good the bad and the ugly the good the bad and the ugly what's your good um i'd say that that shining sequence was the fucking coolest thing i've ever seen so That'd be my good. What's your good, sir? Yep, yeah, yeah, that's it. (laughs) The Shining sequence, it's just so fucking on point. How great is that? That's where I went from like, man, this is a great film, to this is a fucking great film. Mind-blowingly good. I was so giddy, like, just jumping around, and that's when I knew they'd made this movie for me. Like, thank you, Spielberg. Uh, What's your bad? Probably the lack of character development. That would probably be my bad. That was just disappointing. Like, it could have been spectacular if they had more going for, you know, the the grid of it, the core of it. Um, But, you know, it's so distracting that you don't mind. Yeah, I think mine's similar to yours. My my bad was just the fact that they didn't really push how knowledgeable this kid is. Um, Like, the the character development stuff, whatever, but, like... Because this movie is about him knowing shit, and we don't ever get shown really why he knows shit, or like the extent of his knowledge. Um, it's just, oh, I know this. Oh, I know this, which is kind of annoying. But you know, it's only a little thing. What's your ugly? Oh, you killed my sister, my mum's sister. Oh <laughs> uh, yes. I have to say, my ugly is um, what was supposed to be an ugly 
sort of thing, I suppose. Um, Artemis being disfigured. Really not so disfigured. That's just fucking stupid. So, her yeah. supposedly being ugly and not being ugly is my ugly. Is she, like, <laughs> real gnarly in the, in the, um, book? Uh, no, she has the birthmark, um, but... You know, I guess in my head, I just thought of just a more an everyday girl rather than, mm. you know, Hollywood actress girl. <laughs> so I, I'd kind of seen her as like, like I said, just maybe, maybe slightly chubby, you know, glasses with, with the, um, the birthmark. But in my head, the birthmark like was half her face, like, <laughs> you know, two face sort of shit. Mm. Um, not, you know, this little... Thing, you know and like look I get it like it would be something you would be worried about if that was a thing and I, I totally understand but like it just I don't know the girl didn't fit the didn't fit it it looked very much yeah. like they just like slapped some paint on her mm -hmm. face yeah <laughs> oh no I still love you for you well yeah. let's bloody wrap it up yeah let's do it let's wrap it up oh just quickly I do want to say that I loved Halliday um old mate who played yeah, Halliday cool. yeah. so good Anyway, what's your final thoughts on Ready Player One? I haven't seen a film this fun in a long time. Like, it was a really fun time. And I haven't seen a story this cool and exciting for ages as well. So, like, that was just... That really took a... Like, made this film great. Like, I had a great time. And Spielberg should be doing more stuff like this. Stop doing Bridge of Spies, dickhead. Um, <laughs> it was just such a fun time. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the whole experience and came out with a smile on my face. And I mean, that's what this film's all about. It's not trying to yeah. break, you know, Academy Awards. It's, it's trying to be a fun time. And he did that really well. And, you know, it lacked in the, in the actual character development department a bit. And, you know, it was a bit on the nose occasionally, but it's so easy to look over that because of how enjoyable it was. And I give it a four out of five. Good call. I'm really glad you liked it because I walked out of this so happy so happy like me and me and beck and reese were just like you know like oh my god what about this bit and this bit yeah. and this bit like the last time i think i was like that was probably mad max fury road mm. you know or jurassic world but like mad max i remember walking out and being like everything is right with the world i just had one of the best cinematic experiences <laughs> i've ever had you know and i felt similar to this like this is the epitome of a popcorn flick yeah, look, I can sit here and, and break down the plot points and the plot development and the character development and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, there is there is problems, but they're not big enough for me to be like, fuck this film and get angry at it. Mm. Like, I actually have heard a few people come out saying, oh, it's just, it's just so many, it's just all reference, it's all reference. Again, the references are written really well into the film, so I, I can't agree with those idiots. This, this is fun. This movie was made for me. This is, this is a fish film. This is Spielberg with a bunch of fucking references from all generations. And, you know, I'm across most of it, and I'm really excited to watch it again to see what I missed. Like you said, we don't really get movies like this anymore. Like, you know, Jumanji was pretty close. Like, just a good adventure film, you know? Like, yeah. we need more of this shit. And I'm, I, really, I really hope that Spielberg will continue to make stuff like this. Um, I'm really excited to see where this world goes. Ernest Klein is writing a sequel book, um, so we might get a sequel movie. Who knows? Um, I'm just excited to see what we can do with this world because there really is no limit. Like, the Oasis can be anything. Mm, it really can, and that's so cool. This is the sort of film you franchise, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. 
Um, so I give it a four out of five as well. Mm. Very, very happy with this. Well, it's been a fun, fun little, fun little chat we've had today, sir. It has. You know, we're not getting rusty. <laughs> no, never will. And we'll chat to you guys next time when we review Avengers, the new Avengers. So that'll be a fun one. I'm sure you know where I'll probably stand, but I have a tendency to do weird shit sometimes with films. So. <laughs> oh man, I just don't know what to think about it. I'm trying to just keep leveled. I am. Mm. I am excited. Like I've already bought my tickets. Obviously, I'm excited. And you know the little pothole that was Black Panther hasn't hasn't thrown me <laughs> off at all. So I, I, yeah. I was kind of like Black Panther. Oh yeah, but we're getting Avengers in two months or whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. We'll see what Cap's up to and all those guys. But hey, guys, thank you very much for listening. Please keep up the conversation on our Facebook. Get on the Podbean. Get on Stitcher. Get on iTunes. You know, give us the likes. Hey, if you really feel generous, chuck us some fucking reviews. Like, mm. preferably a five-star one, but, you know, um, all that sort of stuff helps us get out to other listeners like yourself. So, yeah, please help us out, and thank you so much for listening. Give us some money if you want. Uh, <laughs> play the music, Fish. Thank you for listening to this episode of Fish and Connoisseur Movie. Fish and Connoisseur Movie does not own any rights to the film Ready Player One, its marketing, or its soundtrack, and no infringement is intended. The track Jump is performed by Van Halen, the track We're Not Gonna Take It is performed by Twisted Sister, and the track The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, Titles, is performed by Ennio Morricone. Morricone.